Welcome to Food and Friends on 680 CJOB. Hello, Manitoba. I'm Larry McIntosh. I'll be your host for the next hour. Now, normally our show airs on Sundays at 1 p.m., but we had the honor of being asked to do a special show for Remembrance Day. Every year, we should all take some time to remember the thousands of men and women who have sacrificed their lives in military service. Please take a moment to pay tribute to the memory of those who have died, cherish those who have suffered injury, and recognize those who have dedicated themselves to the protection and freedom and human dignity. Let's take some time today and every day to remember. My guest this afternoon is Philip Hood, owner of River East Travel. Good afternoon, Philip. Good afternoon, Larry. How are you doing today? I'm doing quite well. Thank you very much. Glad to see you wearing a poppy. Thank you. Thank you. I think everybody should. Absolutely. It's a, it's a day to remember. Absolutely. Absolutely. So be, before we, I know you've done lots of travel to um, military travel, or I don't even know what I don't know what you call it. But we'll talk about that in another segment. But maybe if people aren't aware of what River East Travel is and what you do, maybe tell us a little bit about the company. Well, River East Travel, we've been around for a while since 1979. We're we're not the biggest shop in town, um, but we're a, a shop that's dedicated towards uh, what I believe is exemplary service. We t- try to uh, specialize in you know out of the way places and and specialize itineraries for for clients who want to do do really cool things. Uh, we like working on stuff like that. I mean, we'll do the, the regular stuff as well. We we do handle all the cruise lines and your typical uh, sun vacation stuff, but we also like to do um, special packages, custom packages for our clients um, all over the world. So we like to say, you know, we get asked all the time, what is your specialty? And and, uh, and you would expect that the answer may be a destination or a type of travel. Our, our specialty is really the type of service we deliver to our clients. Are you excited by the direct flight from the Winnipeg airport to Miami, is it, where you can get on a cruise now? Yeah, any any direct flights we can get out of, out of Winnipeg, obviously, are, are great for our clients, great for Manitobans, because um, uh, that's that's something that can be can be a dis, you know dissuade a bit of travel is if you have to have that you know connection in you know the east or or, or wherever and it or even in uh, you know Minneapolis or Chicago kind of kind of uh, stretches out the day and makes travel a little little tougher. So any directs we can get. Uh, we've got this London one coming up with WestJet, which right. is really exciting. Great launching point for anywheres in the world, really. So those are really cool to have. So do those type of things help your business? Well, they definitely do, yeah. And they and they help us to offer options. I mean, sometimes for people, it's a consideration of not having too many connections. And especially uh, if, if they're getting a little older and it's like, you know, I don't want a hassle of worrying whether or not I'm going to make my connection in the in the airport, uh, you know, and, or how tight is the connection or where is the security uh, line or, or that sort of thing. It can make things a lot smoother. Shelly and I went to visit a friend in uh, St. Kitts in July, so back a ways now, but there is no direct flights to St. Kitts in July, so we did Toronto, we went to Winnipeg, Toronto, Toronto, Miami, Miami, St. Kitts. Storm went through Miami, got stranded there. But if, if everything was on time, that was about a 22-hour trip there, just including the time you're in the airports, 17 hours coming back. So that's not the kind of thing you really want to start a vacation off of if you can avoid it and get a direct flight to wherever it might be, right? Yeah, the sooner you can get, um, you know, we're not at that point yet where we're like Star Trek and get beamed over there, but the, the sooner you can get to, to your destination, the better. It always makes things a lot easier. So you, you've traveled all over the world. Ever keep track of how many countries you've been in? You know, a lot of my colleagues do that, and maybe I should start doing that, yeah. but I've never done that. I've never sort of kept track of it. I, I guess it More did. than three? More than three, yeah. <laughs> More than three. 
I mean, Shelly and I used to have this map, and I'm sure I've told you this before. We used to have a map on the wall, and we put pins in everywhere we've been together. And there, it's a it's a large world out there as far as we, North America, got covered pretty well. But once you get outside there, wow, it's a bad uh, place. Absolutely. And it seems like there's a smaller and more um, remote corners of the world opening up every day. I mean, what was uh, exotic uh, 10 years ago has now become mainstream, and what uh, you think might be really unbelievable can actually happen. So the world's getting smaller. Are you seeing any trips that are becoming more popular or destinations becoming more popular? You know, I, I get that question a lot. And, and I think what's popular is is uh, diversity. It's um, it's trying to do something different. You know, they, they used to say Antarctica was quite, quite exotic. And now we're finding more and more of the mainstream cruise lines that are having ships that are going to Antarctica. Um, so I, I think it's the diversity of travel. It's that's you know, it, it, people want to go to Mongolia. You get people that want to go to uh, you know all over the place. So uh, diversity is probably the key word. Not not any particular destination. If there's one place in the world that you haven't been that you want to go to, where would it be? Well, I mentioned Mongolia. That was one that oh. uh, yeah. Was, uh, for whatever reason, I, I've had this thing in my mind that I wanted to do that. And there's a Trans-Siberian railway that that goes across from Russia and through Mongolia, and then ends up in uh, in uh, Beijing. And I always thought that would be really neat uh, with a few days spent in Mongolia. Maybe I wouldn't like it when I was there. I don't know, but it looks pretty awesome. And I, I I'd like to try some off the uh, beaten path places like that. I mean, the Amazon's another one that I've I've got on my list that I haven't done yet, and I'd like to I'd like to do that. Do you, you, are you uncomfortable going to some of these places? You know, strange countries, different languages, maybe some of the places aren't as developed as you're talking about. Do you, do you have an uncomfort level? Uh, you know what? I'm not really so terribly uncomfortable. Um, as long as you're properly prepared, I, I believe, if you kind of know what you're getting into uh, to a degree, um, no, it doesn't make me uncomfortable. Uh, you know, no, it doesn't bother but your me. Answer is no. <laughs> answer is no. Yeah, because <laughs> you can't tell people you'd be uncomfortable going somewhere than than book them travel. Is that everybody's different? You know, some people are uncomfortable. Uh, you know, I've never. That's the thing that's that's interesting about travel is some you, you meet somebody and you think that they're going to want to do this or they want to go do that, and after you speak to them for a while, you realize, hey, they're pretty adventurous. You know, they don't look adventurous, but they turn out they really want to go to some pretty wild places, and they do some wild stuff. I mean, some people. Uh, you can't judge a book by its cover. They'll do just about anything. I'm not that adventurous. I'll just tell you right now. <laughs> that, that's way outside my comfort. I like, you know, going to the all-inclusive resort. Even even going to some major U.S. airports. First time you go there, you kind of feel uncomfortable. And the second time, of course, you know what you're doing or you have an idea where you're going and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, we're not the adventurous type probably. So we're not going to be doing the Mongolia thing. I'm okay. Guessing. All right. No, I'll cross that off the list. We're speaking with Philip Hood, owner of River East Travel. We'll be right back after we take this break for your CGOB weather update. Welcome back. I'm Larry McIntosh. Normally our show airs on Sundays at 1 p.m. in the afternoon, but we have the honor of being asked to do a special show for Remembrance Day. I just want to take a moment to let you know that the time is running out if you're interested in getting involved in the Farm to School Manitoba Healthy Choice Fundraiser. It's almost completed for this year and it ends on December 9th. For all you that are involved in a school or daycare fundraiser in some way, this fundraiser is open to all Manitoba schools, public or private, K-12, and all licensed daycares anywhere in Manitoba. Basically, the fundraiser works like this. The students sell bundles of Manitoba-grown, peak-of-the-market vegetables to raise money for their school or daycare, and it could be raising money for a band trip or sports equipment, new equipment of some sort. Bundle A has carrots, cooking onions, and red potatoes and sells for $10. And Bundle B has larger packs of carrots, red 
potatoes and cooking onions, as well as green uh, cabbage and parsnips, and it sells for $20. The great thing about this fundraiser is that school or daycare keeps half the selling price, a 50% profit, and that's a great profit, and it's also a healthy fundraiser. Last year, the fundraiser raised over $410,000 for Manitoba schools and daycares. Again, it's open to any school or daycare anywhere in Manitoba. And the average uh, school or daycare does a fundraising, does this fundraising for about two weeks. So about one month left in the program, you still have time to participate if you wish. If you're interested in getting more information on the Farm to School fundraiser, please visit their website at farmtoschool.ca. That's farmtoschool.ca. We're back with Philip Hood, owner of River East Travel. When we found out we were doing a Remembrance Day show, um, first person that came to mind was having you on as a guest. And we talked about it a little bit earlier in the first segment, but I don't know if this is a proper term, but you've done some military tours. Maybe maybe tell us a little bit about that. We, yeah, uh, we've done a few um, military tours in the last uh, four, four years. Basically, we followed um, uh, where the Fourgate Horse Regiment, based here in, in, in Winnipeg, fought in uh, World War One and World War Two. Uh, so we've done some tours in, through France, through um, through Holland, uh, definitely, um, and even into Germany through Belgium, just following, uh, tracing, basically where the unit fought, where the towns they went through, the towns they liberated, particularly in Holland. Uh, battles were fought and, and visit some of the cemeteries where the soldiers are, are buried. That has to be very moving. It, it, it is. Um, you know, you, you, you grew up with an understanding, or you think you do, of, of what Remembrance Day is, and you grew up with what you think is an understanding of, of uh, what the Canadian military has done. Well, you really don't appreciate it, at least I didn't, um, uh, you know, as, as profoundly until you do a trip like this. Um, and you think that, you know, the events are somewhat removed from present day, you know, um, but, and you weren't there, obviously, but it is still extremely emotional. You walk into a cemetery in Holland and you see three generations of Dutch people looking after a grave. Um, you see um, seniors and their adult children and their their kids looking after a grave, and and uh, to see the dedication that they put into the care of the Canadian soldiers' um, graves is is hard to put into words. But um, it, it did happen to me where I walked into uh, Holton Cemetery in Holland, and I saw this, and I went over to talk to the the family. And then I found myself unable to talk to them for a few minutes because I, I, emotion overcame me and I didn't know where that came from. Um, and that's the kind of profound experiences um, that happen on a trip on trips like this. How many of these trips have you done? We've done three now. Oh, sorry. We've got another one coming up in 2017. It'll be the 100th anniversary of the Battle of Cambrai, which is uh, a very um, key battle in, in France in uh, World War I. Is this something that, uh, well, you were talking earlier about specializing. You could do these type of tours. So th- this group approached you. Is that how it started? Or? I have a friend, uh, a retired Lieutenant Colonel Rod Clink. He was with the Fort Gary Horse. And uh, he came to me to help, to ask me if I would help with some hotels and some different arrangements for the two- uh, 2011 trip. And uh, so I started helping with the planning. And as we got into it, I got more and more um, uh, interested and more and more invested in it, and uh, I found myself wanting to really go on the trip, uh, which I did. And I and um, this, I mean, what really happened there was was when we were planning the trip, we were sitting around the table. He brought in uh, a veteran, Stan Butterworth, who fought in World War II. We were sitting around the table planning it. And we were looking at some of these cemeteries, 
and we know the graves, the names of the, of the soldiers that are buried in each cemetery, and we know they're, and so we're going to visit these graves. And one of the names um, on the sheet was uh, was a um, soldier by the name of Butterworth, and of course that's the same last name as Stan, who was sitting there at the table with me. I didn't ask at the time what was going on, but when Stan left, I turned to Rod and I said. Rod, uh, we're going to the cemetery, this, this Holton Cemetery in, in Holland, and, and this soldier that's there has the same last name as Stan. I mean, that seems like quite a coincidence. He says, it's not a coincidence. That was his brother. They were both fighting together in the same regiment and, uh, and two different tanks, and his brother got killed. And, and, you know, today's, you know, younger generation, obviously it's well removed from those wars and and. Thankfully, I mean, there's still things going on in the world, as we all know. But today is a day to, to take a step back and, and think about all the men and women and the sacrifices they made for so many generations. And you saw that firsthand that people in Holland have, have not forgotten. They have not forgotten. Um, the, the people of Holland, the people of France as well. We were in Normandy in 2014, the people of France. When you go to the small towns in Holland or France, um, the, the, the people are, they lost their freedom. And they know what it was like, and they, they'll never forget it. Um, I had a, a lady come up to me in France in a small village crying, and she was probably 85 years old, and she came over and hugged me and said, thank you, thank you. And, of course, she, you know, I didn't do anything. I mean, I wasn't there, but she was thanking Canada, and she was telling the story about how she was six years old, and when they went into the basement, the shelling started when D-Day started. They went into the basement. When they went down into the basement, the Germans occupied the town. When they came out, Later, there was nobody around. They started walking down the street. Nothing was left of their town. Nothing. They started walking down the street, and as they were walking down this this, this road, uh, they met a jeep, and in the jeep were Canadian soldiers. And that's the point that they knew that they'd been liberated. Can't even imagine. So let's take today to not forget either and, uh, and think about all the, the, the sacrifices that have been made. We'll be right back after we take this break. Welcome back to Food and Friends. I'm Larry McIntosh. Normally our show airs on Sunday afternoons at 1, but we had the honor of being asked to do a special show for Remembrance Day. I want to tell you about today's Peak of the Market, a recipe of the day at peakmarket.com. Today's recipe is onion and potato flan. Now, it can't get much better than potatoes and onions, but of course, if you use Peak of the Market Manitoba-grown potatoes and onions, it will be absolutely fantastic. Onion and potato flan is today's recipe of the day at peakmarket.com. Just check out our website. You'll get all the information there. And our website has a new recipe every day, seven days a week. So check it out often. Peak of the Market is also on Twitter, so please follow us at Peak of the Market for recipes and Food and Friends guest updates. We have over 200,000 Twitter followers, and we'd love to have you follow us too. Again, we're at Peak of the Market, or you can follow me at Larry McIntosh. We'll be right back with Philip Hood, owner of River East Travel, after we take this break for your news, sports, and weather. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Larry McIntosh. Normally our show airs on Sunday afternoons at 1, but we had the honor of being asked to do a special show for Remembrance Day. I hope you're wearing your red poppy today. Red poppies symbolize the memory of those who die, died. The use of the poppy as a symbol of remembrance comes from a poem written by John McCrae, a Winnipeg doctor serving in the military. History says that Dr. McCrae was asked to conduct the burial service for a friend that was killed as the chaplain had been called away. 
It is believed that later that evening, after the service, John began the draft of what is now famous poem in Flanders Fields. The poem describes the poppies growing in the Flemish graveyards where, your shoulder, where, your, where soldiers are buried. Hopefully you're wearing your poppy today. We're back with Philip Hood, owner of River East Travel. During the news break, you were looking at a picture of a couple gravestones there. What, what uh, is that from one of your trips? Yeah, this is from the, um, the trip we just took this spring in 2015. And uh, uh, this cemetery had been here before. It was there in 2011. It's Holton Cemetery in, in, um, in Holland. But the cemeteries are massive, so you 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 know you wander around sometimes just looking at the gravestones and and looking at the names and and the you know the ages and in the last row of the cemetery I came across two gravestones and uh, they were a little different than the other ones because they both had the same last name. Uh, one was Winifred Brewster, and the other one was E.J. Brewster. Winifred Brewster was with the Canadian Women's Army Corps. And E.J. Brewster was with the Royal Canadian Electrical and Mechanical Engineers. And they both died on April 15th, 1946, at the age of 20. So both 20, they both died on the same day, and they both have the same last name. So I thought that was quite unusual, and of course, that's the year after the war ended as well. A lot of Canadians stayed behind um, to help on reconstruction of the country. So um, when I went into the Interpretive Centre, um, I was able to find out the story behind these two gravestones and these two individuals. They were part of uh, the Canadian military. They stayed behind to help, as I said, in, in the Reconstruction. Uh, they got to know each other, and they, uh, they got married. And the day they got married, they uh, borrowed a Jeep, and they were going to drive to Germany for their honeymoon, and they had an accident, and they died. And um, these are the unexpected... Uh, stories and, and, and things that you find that make these trips um, unlike anything anything else. Yeah, I, being there where, where so much history has happened and so many lives have been lost, it, it has to be, well, I said earlier, it has to be moving even though you weren't there at the time. It's, it's, it's where it happened. Absolutely. You brought a bear with you today. What's that about? That is Winnie the Bear. So Winnie the Bear was an orphan black bear cub. That was uh, that was taken to England, of all places, picked up in in northern Ontario by um, uh, Harry Colborn, who was a veterinarian with the Fort Garry Horse, and he was traveling through Ontario and came across a hunter who had a an orphan bear cub. He he I think he paid twenty dollars for the cub, took adopted it, took it to um, took it to the east, and then across um, to England. And he became the unofficial mascot or the official mascot of the unit. Um, and then when they had to move overseas uh, to fight, to, to go over f to France, uh, uh, they left the bear behind and the, they left him in the London Zoo. So in the London Zoo, uh, a young boy saw this bear and uh, really liked him and, and nicknamed him Pooh. And the boy's father uh, turned out to be a fairly famous writer who ended up uh, writing the stories we know as... Uh, Winnie the Pooh. So this has all got the Winnipeg connection, which is really, uh, really cool. So the Fort Gary Horse Regiment has these bears, these stuffed uh, black bears who have the authentic uniform on, and you can buy them from the, the kit shop there at the, at the armory. I go down there and buy them, I believe, for $35, and then the money goes to a great cause. Oh, that's, that's great. It, it's kind of neat Winnipeg connection, right? Winnie the Pooh. Uh, I used to watch that show as a kid. So yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, I didn't yeah. realize at the time that the bear was from Winnipeg or the, uh, 
the veterinarian was anyway. So you've done lots of these tours, and, and you say you've got another one coming up, a military tour for, in 2017. Is it the same group of people that come each time? Or? You know, it's, it's, there's a core that comes, you know, um, and then there's always new people. I mean, I guess that's the, the fun part is there's always new people to share the experience. It's, we're never big groups. You know, we're 25 to 30, and we get along really well, and we have a great time. You know, so the newbies fit in right away. So you, you were, I see in your website you are in an air balloon, uh, you know, one of those big balloons. What, yes. what was that about? That was in Turkey. That was a few years in ago. Turkey. In Turkey, yeah. Probably one of, in a, a place called Cappadocia, Cappadocia, uh, probably one of the finest places in the world to be in a hot air balloon because the countryside is incredible. And uh, so we, um, my wife Michelle and I, I didn't tell her because uh, we had booked this hot air balloon because I didn't think she'd go up if I did tell her. So... Uh, we got up that morning. Well, I actually told the night before because you have to get up really early in the morning. Uh, so she didn't have a lot of time to think about it. So the next morning we got picked up. We went down there and got in the balloon and spent two and a half hours uh, flying over this Turkish countryside, which is like just uh, amazing. And it was uh, one of the coolest thing, things we've ever done. So I've, I've, I've often thought about doing that. And sometimes you see the charity event, there's <clears throat> balloons in Winnipeg that you can bid on to go up in. I'm not sure that I could do it, even if I got it, because I don't like heights all that much. What, did it feel, was it quiet or? It's extremely quiet. Yeah, it's it's very peaceful, um, except when they're turning on the burners, right. you know, to move, to move you up. Otherwise, uh, you're floating along with the wind currents, so you, you don't feel any breeze. Um, and you go wherever the wind's taking you. So it's pretty peaceful. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. So would you recommend that to your clients? A hundred percent, absolutely. I mean, you know, um, we all have to push ourselves out of our comfort zones a little bit. Um, I think that's what makes travel more rewarding. Uh, so you, you got to push yourself a little bit. It's maybe not for everybody. If you got an extreme fear of heights, maybe that's not the best place for you. But I would, uh, I would, you know, make them think twice before they they say no. And I talk about having a fear of heights, but on the other hand, when I go to a hotel, I like to stay at the highest floor possible, and <laughs> I don't have a problem flying, and you know, all those things. So there's a contradiction there. Absolutely. We're speaking with Philip Hood, owner of Rivery's Travel, and we'll be right back after we take this break. Welcome back. I'm Larry McIntosh. Normally, our share a show airs on Sunday afternoons at 1, but we had the honor of being asked to do a special show for Remembrance Day. So thanks for tuning in. Food and Friends Radio is also on TV. Each radio show is filmed and will be posted on mytoba.ca later today. So if you'd like to see the TV version of this or previous radio shows, please visit mytoba.ca. You can also listen to an audio podcast of Food and Friends at soundcloud.com and at the iTunes store. So just do a search for Food and Friends with Larry at mytoba.ca or soundcloud.com or at the iTunes store, and all the shows will come up for your listening or viewing pleasure. Now, it's very important for me to mention that Food and Friends is only available because of 680 CJOB and its advertisers. So please make sure you tune in right here Sunday afternoons at 1 or listen live at cjob.com. We're back with Philip Hood, owner of River East Travel. So we talked earlier about uh, going to all these places all over the world. But something you guys kind of are doing a bit of is escorted tours. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. We're doing, as we talked about the military tours, obviously those are escorted. And right. uh, we just did uh, two tours this year, one to Mexico. Uh, we did a couple weeks in Mexico uh, where we escorted a group down there. And then uh, we just came back from an uh, excellent, uh, fantastic uh, Mediterranean cruise. Uh, took a group, uh, started in Rome, Went around the boot and up the into the Adriatic to Montenegro and uh, Croatia and uh, Slovenia and then up in Venice and uh, 
so that was a fantastic uh, uh, group. And uh, so we got back on October 7th, I think. And then in this, this coming January, we're doing a uh, 12 nights, uh, seven night cruise and five nights uh, in Hawaii. So we're going to cruise around Hawaii for seven days and then spend another five days on the islands and uh, check that out. And coming up in September of uh, 2016, we're doing uh, uh, a really in-depth Ireland tour from Limerick to Limerick. And we start in Limerick and end in Limerick, but we do the entire circuit of the island. And uh, it's going to be 12 days as well, so it's going to be pretty in-depth. Uh, be a couple of pints of Guinness consumed on that trip, I imagine. I would guess. I would guess. I, I, so what's the advantage of an escorted tour versus doing things on your own? Well, it's, first of all, we're going we're gonna to make it uh, unique. It's going to be different than anything you're going to find off the shelf. Uh, secondly, um, yeah, there's nothing to worry about. I mean... Uh, Everything's been planned for you. Um, you know, you just have to pack your bags and, and get on the plane. And uh, we're there every step of the way. So if, if you have any concerns whatsoever, we're there to address them. Um, and, you, and, and we're going to put our special touches on it. We're going to put stuff in there. We're going to put some TLC in there that you're not going to get anything else. How big is the group? Is it vary by destination? Or? Yeah, we like to keep the groups um, no more than 30. You know, we've had groups 15, uh, 20, 25, so no more than 30. You know, I, I think our probably our sweet spot's probably from 15 to 25. Hmm. Now, I, I read on your website you were voted the number one uh, by consumers as the best travel agency for nine years in a row now. That, that's got to be quite a, quite a little coup. Uh, it, 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 you know, it, it feels great. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, nine years. It's hard to believe it's been nine years. I mean, how, how fast the time goes. It's one of those things when it happened the first time, like, we better get it, we better get it next year. And then every year after that, it's like, we better get it next year. Uh, you sort of put some pressure on yourself to you set the bar now. <laughs> you set the bar, you know, and, uh, yeah, it's kind of like, uh, Usain Bolt, you know, you always want to keep winning that race. So. But it's it's a real honor. I mean, we're, it's voted on by consumers of of, of Winnipeg, and uh, you know, I'm just glad that they uh, you know they look at us and say that we're we're doing a decent job. So we should probably tell people where you are because you, you did move, and that's probably just over a year now, was it? How long was that? Yeah, it was February 2014. So we're into a year and a half, and uh, yeah, we're at 10411 Evergreen Place in uh, Osborne Village, and the Osborne Village has been great. We like it there. There's a lot going on there, and uh, it's a great place to hang your hat. This business has been good. People business, are finding you. The people are finding us. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've been uh, making a mess of our parking lot for the past since April or May. But uh, I, I admire all our clients who've been able to push through uh, the inconvenience we've caused with that parking lot mess. So, someone who does books their own trips on the internet, and that's very popular these days. What's the advantage of using a, a travel agency such as yourself versus the internet? Well, when it comes to cost, I mean, your cost is going to be. It's going to be negligible a difference. So you, I guess you could do it yourself. It's you know you can do your own taxes, cut your own hair, and uh, do your own uh, repairs at, on your car or in, at home. I know that a lot of people uh, really get, like to do the research. They I mean they get a charge out of looking things up, and I don't blame them because that's what we do for a living, and we get a charge out of doing it too. At the end of the day, uh, it's what. We've been there. I mean, I just came back from Orlando um, and met with suppliers from all over the world. We spoke about Turkey. My guy that, that sets up that hot air balloon in Turkey, I saw him last week in Orlando. And I can tell him, okay, Larry and Shelly are coming to Turkey, and I want you to give um, Lars, our driver, I want, them to, I want Lars to be their balloon driver. You can't do that on the Internet. Um, and I can do that 
I have contacts like that all over the world. And if things go wrong, they don't always go wrong, but if they do, we're also there. I mean, we had somebody contact us from from uh, Morocco. They had uh, purchased a rug, and they were then thinking, how are we going to get it home? So we figured out how to do that. Really? Well, they didn't want to carry it all over the place, and I don't blame them. So but you knew how to sort that out? Well, we that's you know, our job is to provide solutions. And, uh, you know, if we're not providing solutions, we're not doing our job. And we have to offer value. We have to give you things you're not going to you're not going to be able to do on your own, and I believe we do that. Now you're closed for Remembrance Day today, and and understandably so. You're back to the office tomorrow. What uh, what are your hours normally there? We're nine till five o'clock, nine a.m. till five p.m. And if people are interested, in, you must have a website. I'm assuming RiverEastTravel.com. Of course, I knew that because I looked at the website, so I knew you had a website. <laughs> That's almost a silly question. And we're on Facebook too, of course. On Facebook as well. So if you're looking at booking trips or looking at doing escorted tours or looking at something totally out of the box or not outside the box, I should say, you can do all that. Uh, 100%. I mean, we love doing outside the box. And, and if you're looking to do something and you're not sure how to start, give us a call because that sometimes is, I mean, you've got an idea and it might be a darn good one. You just don't know where to go. You were saying earlier, but if people do research on, on the internet themselves and come to you and say, this is what I think I need, is that helpful? It's helpful. I mean, it's, it's very helpful to understand the client. I mean, you have to understand the client. And even by looking at what they said they want to do, even though that might not be what they want to do, it's still helpful to understand that. Uh, it's an exploratory conversation. I mean, we have to ask a lot of questions and make sure that what they're asking for is what they really want, you know, because there can be an impression that they saw something on the Internet and this is what it is, but it, it's actually not that. We're speaking with Philip Hood, owner of River East Travel. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back to Food and Friends. Please join me Sunday afternoon at 1 when my guest will be Cherry from the Prairie Theatre Exchange. Cherry will fill us in with all the upcoming plays that will be performed at PTE. It's going to be a, it's a very intimate setup and if you, set, setting. If you've never been there, there's not a bad seat in the place. My guest today has been Philip Hood, owner of River East Travel. This has been a lot of fun catching up, Philip. I appreciate you coming on the show and Remembrance Day. It's a pleasure to be here. It's an honor to be here. And uh, thank you very much for being on the show. And thanks to 680 CJOB's Nicole, who produces our show, and Riley, who operates the camera. And thank you for listening. Take care, and please, don't forget to eat your veggies.